My name's Rob, and I'm the host of Real Friends, a podcast dedicated to sharing the real stories of real friends with the belief that each one of us wants to be fully known and fully loved. Today, we chat with a good friend of mine, Sarah Savota. Sarah grew up like many young girls with a passion for dance and ballet, but she also wanted the traditional dreams of a husband, family, kids, and a home in the burbs. Sarah chose to follow her passions early in life at the expense of getting married. Now, in her latter 30s, she desires a loving husband, kids, and the traditional family life. Can a girl following her passions early in life still have it all? Listen to my friend Sarah Savota's story and decide for yourself. This is Real Friends. Um, so I'm here today with my good friend, Sarah Savota. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm great. Good. Yeah. Um, so how long have you and I been friends? How did we meet? Do you remember? Uh... You led our boundaries in dating um, group. It was when I was 29 because we celebrated my 30th birthday here <laughs> with those vegan cupcakes <laughs> at your house. <laughs> yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Wow. So okay. it would have had to have been at least when I was 29, okay. I think, if not before then. I think okay. that's how. And you are how old now? 37. <laughs> 37. I had to think about that because I was 37. <laughs> okay, so seven or eight-ish type years. Yeah. And we've had the honor and privilege of being friends. And I've um, um, somehow, this this is, like, it has to be like a God director type thing. Had the privilege of kind of coming alongside and getting to be kind of like a mentor mm-hmm. of yours. And it's just amazing, you know. How when God puts you in the right place, if you're open and receptive to it, uh, stuff like that works out. And it's just been a, a wonderful, wonderful friendship as a result of that. Absolutely. Um, so the way I like to kind of start this, kick this off, is um, by using the five love languages mm-hmm. as kind of an introduction to who you are and how you give and receive love. Um, for those unfamiliar with the five love languages, it's based on a book written by Gary Chapman that groups our ability to express and receive love into five love languages, and those are physical affection, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, and gifts. So let's go through each one of them. I'll let you tell me how important they are. And since uh, you're recently in a dating relationship, maybe you can share how you think your significant other, Derek, <laughs> you know, how that love language resonates with him. So the first one is physical affection. What does that look like these days? How has it changed over time? And more importantly, or maybe equally as importantly, is um, you're a Christ follower. So what does physical affection look like as a Christ follower? Sure. So I read this book many years ago, and I've read it a couple of times because I've learned that some things have, in different seasons of life, have been more important to me. And other seasons of life haven't. But... Um, Physical affection is one of my top two. I equaled, uh, when I tested a couple times, Mm -hmm. I equaled in physical affection and quality time. Mm -hmm. Um, So physical affection to me is, I grew up in a family that we were huggers. I mean, good old Midwestern country folk. (laughs) And so this, this has been, it's actually been really awesome to have this as something that I not only feel like I need, but I also give. I think I need it because I've gotten it most of my life. So it seems that's relative to wanting, you know, to continue to have that. Um, the embrace of a hug 
the someone laying their hand on your shoulder or on your arm. Um, I feel like it's sometimes we need the tangible in life. And I feel like that's why for me, for instance, yeah. I always feel like I hear God through people. Mm-hmm. So when someone hugs me or places their hand on my shoulder or touches my arm and says, I'm here for you. I feel like that's the tangible of God's love and him reminding us he's literally right next to us Mm -hmm. all the time. Amen. So giving that to other people is huge to me. I love it. I love embracing people. I feel like it sometimes is a way to encourage or comfort someone without having the right words just letting Mm -hmm. them know that you're there physically there as well is yeah i think that's why it's such a big important part of my life so how do you think covid impacted then your ability to be affectionate with people and to receive affection from people i did not like it (laughs) at all (laughs) because i felt like I wasn't afraid to continue to hug and embrace people. COVID never let me afraid of that. But the fear in other people, you know, just walking through the grocery store and seeing someone literally walk so far away from you, it was, it broke my heart because it's, you felt like there was this constant wall between someone you really wanted to embrace as they were going through these hard times. It was a hard year. It's still hard, but it's a hard year. And, when you aren't able to give that, you have to learn to figure out other ways to give your love to other people that, you know, won't won't receive that physicalness during this time. So it was really hard. It was really hard. Yep. Um, but now, I mean, my, my grandma, my grandma's 97 mm-hmm. and... Up until she got her second shot, she didn't hug anyone. She would just kind of tap you on the shoulder and get kind of close to you and then go, I'm not supposed to do yeah, that. And then she got her second shot and now she embraces you. And yeah. oh man, that I just, the warmth, the literal warmth that yeah. filled my heart when that happened yeah. was like, wow, I can't. I, I, I don't, I, that's a reason not to live in fear because yeah. those embraces, just fill yeah. you. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was hard. Yeah. Yeah, we weren't supposed to hug people at church, but there were still a percentage of people that I just couldn't help going up yeah. and give them a hug at church. Yeah. Even though I know that it's we're not supposed to be doing it even now. Sure. Um I'm the same way. Um I'm not personally afraid and I'm glad that the, the vaccines are out there because I think that's helping people to be less and less afraid. Sure. Absolutely. And we're headed in the right direction. Right. Um, so quality time. Or so, is that said on the list? Yeah. So quality time and physical affection were my, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I matched them equally. Um, quality time. What's that look like? Uh, Any time I can get with someone, whatever it is. I don't even care if I'm sitting there reading a book and they're reading a book. I'm, I'm spending time with you. Um, if it's coffee for 30 minutes, if it's coffee for 15 minutes, um, I'll take it. I'll take it over a phone call. I'll take it over a text. I'll take it over an email. I'll take it over anything. Um, I feel 
I give this equally to as much as I need the quality time. I also feel like I give it. I feel like it's a way for me to, if someone calls or I fly to go see friends all the time, yep. friends that I've really made a connection with over the years. I, I try at least if not every year, if they're close, but every other year to get to my friends and see them. Um, yeah, you're very yeah. good about that. I, I try. Yeah. I mean, of course, this year was really hard too because right. you know your your friends. Some of them were like, I don't know about coming to visit, and some were like, Yeah, do it. <laughs> and then you have this you you you're not fearful, and then you see all these people with masks <sighs> on and all these restrictions, and you're like, Oh, should I be more afraid? But yeah, anyways, that's the devil talking. Right. But yeah. um, yeah, quality time. It's it's anything. It's a silent walk. It's to coffee, laughing, conversation nonstop. It can be anything. Yeah. Just that's that's a huge thing to me. I honestly think some of that maybe stems from we were really busy as kids and so were my parents. And I, I never really felt like I got that time with them. Um, and so as I've gotten older, in between contracts when I'm at home, as much as it's hard to be at home... Um, I've really learned to embrace that time that I have with my, my family and I love it. It's great. So, um, so one thing for me that I've discovered is, um, I typically worship solo, Mm -hmm. but occasionally when I worship with somebody else, um, especially like if it's a a close friend, I find that can be very, very rewarding Mm. just to worship with somebody else. Mm -hmm. So you typically, when you go to church, it's with the family, right? Or with Derek? Yeah. Uh, I've. I've gone a lot more by myself mm-hmm. in the past year or two. My parents have, especially when we started opening, I've yeah. served um, at church and I love serving at yeah. church. Um, and then I've gone with Derek a couple times. And that's that's really rewarding too, knowing that you're, you know, it's, it's his church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's been great too. You know, it's good to go to other churches yep. and see what else is out there. But that's been a really... Uh, in such a in in a way of not having a conversation with someone during that time, it's a way to reconnect afterwards and discuss yeah. on different levels what you heard yeah. and how that related to your life right now or how it's related to you in your past or what we think about it together for a future. So it's been really good. Yeah. Good. Um, so how about words of affirmation? What's that look like for you? And how important is it to hear those three simple words, I love you? So um, words of affirmation, receiving them, I'm not good at. Um, Why do you think that is? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like them. <laughs> no, they make me uncomfortable. But I, so what I give is quality time and words of affirmation. What I need is physical affection and quality time. So words of affirmation, I love, I love, I'll send cards. I send cards out all the time. I love messaging people and telling them you're doing a great job and you're beautiful. And this has been something that I, I feel like it's also, I've been so distant 
like physically distant from friends and family for so long. So me to be able to give them words of affirmation or tell them how much I'm praying for them or thinking of them or I'm proud of whatever that looks like. I think that's a way for me to connect, have that connection still. Mm -hmm. Um, So giving words of affirmation, I love it. Um, It's not hard for me to do that. Uh, It is hard for me to receive them. (laughs) Yeah. So do you think that's important at all? That is that something that, um, so here's kind of like my, my theory on like love is like, has these two different components, Mm -hmm. the giving part and the receiving part. And it's almost like, you know, like God showers us with love. And yet I feel like I have this little bitty Dixie cup receiver (laughs) and I'm only receiving so little of how much, (laughs) if I could truly receive God's love the way he loved me, it would be a game changer. It would be a life changer. Not only would it transform me more than it has already, but it would also rip rip out and impact the lives of everybody around me, the more I could receive it. And so I almost feel like there's like this give and take. If somebody pays you, like if it's a genuine spot on compliment, Mm -hmm. part of the power in that is receiving it well too. Mm -hmm. Because it's like you say, I think God wants to love us through other people. And if God's trying to use somebody to pay you like a really spot on compliment, and you receive it really well. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. And you and you're right. You're right about that because there, there. I've learned throughout mm-hmm. my life to accept compliments and say thank you, even if it's like really hard for me. Yeah. I mean, thank thank you is that's easy for, but actually receiving it, it like, and like pulling it in it. Oh, yes. right. has been yeah. a hard thing. Uh-huh. And and yeah. friends and family will be like. Learn to take it. Learn to take it. And it's, I don't know why, but it's so, it's so difficult. I'm like, just spend time with me and that will be great. (laughs) But um, also with your other question, I love you. Interestingly enough, um, so Derek and I, we are going on next week, we'll be eight months together. And we're just at a, yeah. We're just, you know, as I've expressed to you before, we're in an age where we really want a future. That's where we're headed. And so uh, when we started dating, that was where our mindset was, is Mm -hmm. let's actually see if we can do life together. Um, Because I've never dated. I just don't date just to date. I want that. So um, because I love you is something that he never grew up receiving. Mm-hmm. It's extremely important for him when he uses it. Mm-hmm. So we had a really difficult time around Christmas and he expressed to me at that time, it be, because I love you. And it was in a form of a statement of the reasoning behind, not that he's not saying I love you, but it was kind of there was a reason to needing to say it at that moment and he's expressed to me how much he cares for me and what I what I'm learning is that he so I know that if we get to the stage of he proposes that's when he wants to open up and Mm -hmm. express his true feelings because he feels like it's a it's a sacred beautiful part of a relationship and he really wants to do this relationship right. And he wants to have that, 
the covenant of just really focusing on we are going to do life together. I want to make sure you know this, but I don't want to just jump into saying things. Not that he doesn't mean it, but yeah, right. So I respect that. Yeah. So what I and I do too, and that's I think the beautiful thing. But what I'm learning is the reason why. It hasn't bothered me because I've had a couple friends like, oh, well, he said I love you, right? Like, mm-hmm. who said it first? And I'm like, well, we've kind of expressed that, but we don't say it yeah. on a, re- you know, we yeah. don't say it on a regular basis. It's more of a meaningful thing. I know it's part of his past and the reasons behind it. I respect it so much, but going back to what, what I'm learning is I don't necessarily need to hear I love you to know that that man loves me yeah. because it's the thoughtfulness. It's his heart. It's his, it's the same thing. My parents, um, I think my, my mom was pretty affectionate as far as like hugs and I love you, mm-hmm. but we didn't always, it wasn't a constant thing in our family, but you knew, you just knew your parents loved you. And I mean, I've, I've had friends that, didn't really know that because they weren't given that affection in other ways to give them that feeling. So, but I'm, I'm learning how much it surprises me that not hearing that by now in our relationship doesn't mean that he doesn't. And it makes me, I don't know. I feel like there's so much respect and so much more love behind that because I know how much it means to him. So So yeah, the, the I love you is, I don't know. I, I guess it's not something I, even in my, just my family, we say it, but it's not all the time. And, but I've never felt unloved if that's, yeah. if that's yep. a good way to. Um, no, and I think that's kind of the whole idea behind like Gary Chapman's book. It's just because somebody doesn't say, mm-hmm. I love, it doesn't, they could be expressing it like in these other four Love languages. So to that point, what do you think is Derek's primary way of expressing or showing you that he loves you? Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think, I think he does. I think it's, there would be times where I was like, he is a gift giver and like, even small things like I go to his house and some of my favorite food and I like this drink kombucha. He'd have it in, he'd have these stocked in the fridge Mm -hmm. things stocked for me that I, he knows I like just so when I'm there, it's available for me and, and other little, just little things. But then he would, I mean, we live an hour away from each other. So if he'd have a little bit of time, he'd make sure he'd get to me so that we could spend time together. And then his words of affirmation are awesome. Um, he'll send me texts in the morning with prayers or mm-hmm. I hope God fills your day and your heart and your, um, How and then po- the physical affection, the hugs. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like he, he's really good at all of it. Yeah. Like truly at, the at all of package. it. Yep. And it's, it's like, I don't know. I, I still feel sometimes in awe at God's love that I've met someone like him, that God put him in my life. But at the same time, I'm learning that just because I'm in awe of it and 
doesn't necessarily mean that I shouldn't I shouldn't feel that I don't deserve right. it. Right. No, you right. And I, I don't mean that you in deserve a deserving. No. I mean it in a right. humble like right. a really humble way, but like I all the time I think like I don't deserve this. Yeah. And I was like I need to take that out. Yeah. That's that's good that Derek treats you that way and it's even better that you notice it and appreciate it and you're grateful for it mm. and that you don't then turn your focus on maybe the, the one or two little things that like the whole I love you thing that you don't let that be the sure. focus and instead you focus on all the things that he's doing right right um, so you said gifts so mm -hmm. how important are gifts to you what sort of uh, gift giver are you I scored a zero <laughs> <laughs> I I love making <laughs> gifts for people. Uh, I don't like just buying someone something. Totally get it. I love yeah. making them something. So, um, for, for for my dad's birthday, and I feel like my dad has really liked these things over the years. And this is just an example, but I had a picture frame, and there's one picture of in 1993 of us at a father daughter dance on the left side. And on the right side is a picture of us finishing the roof on my house. <laughs> and I'm like, gosh, this is so, you know, learning to dance in my world and teaching me, right. you know, yeah. um, teaching me construction in your side. And I, I love stuff like that, yeah. making those gifts and everything. But receiving them, I just, I, I, think, I think in part some of that is because I'm such a minimalist. That I, again, I'm like, let's just spend time together. I don't need yeah. anything. Yep. So gifts have been really hard for me. I think the gift of your time mm -hmm. oh, I agree. is huge. I agree with that. Um, that speaks volumes yeah. in my, not that it's like, why did you give me this gift? I will not accept, Not nothing yeah. like that. But um, I but I literally scored, it's a zero on yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> in my book, it's zero, I guess. Right. So... Um. <laughs> So for me, kind of along the same lines, it's the like the best gift that I probably received in a long time is that gift that Angela gave. Yes, you know, yes. The, the pictures of John and me. I mean, right. that perfect gift. Um, I mean, if if you buy me like a sweatshirt or something, mm. I. Don't buy me camera equipment because I have a particular <laughs> taste. I know exactly sure. what it is, and sure. Um, so I'm kind of the same same way. So. Um, so service, the last um, love language service. How important is service? So, um, so I've learned this a lot in the in the past couple of years as I've really since I read that book. Gosh, I feel like it was at least maybe four years ago, mm -hmm. and I've really paid attention to friends and family. Um, I. I like, I like serving others. I feel like I don't really, I think of when I think of acts of service, I think of actually doing something like an outreach or a community. Mm -hmm. That's where I put that mm -hmm. into. And I know it's not always that mm -hmm. it's yep. serving one another, but I think I, in my mind, that's where it is. Um, I've learned a lot of what my my dad, he was never necessarily I I love you and affection. He's an acts of service man. He will give yep. anyone anything and do for others, and that's his way to show you he loves you. And I thought back on like over the years how he was us with us growing up, and I'm like, 
man, anybody. And he's still this, that way this day is people call him. He, he goes, he goes no matter what it is. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. Um, and some of that you also learn, which is why I love to hear people's stories is because for him, he grew up as the oldest boy in a family of 11. Mm. He had to constantly be doing for the family. So I think that's just, he learned that that was his way of giving. Um, so I, learning that and especially with the house I'm, I'm learning that like i'm being fulfilled because i'm getting that quality time with my dad i never got and he's also serving giving an acts of service he's helping me you know build this yeah. so i guess serving is always in my mind kind of been push towards the like serve at church, do the outreach, mm-hmm. you know, kind yep. of stuff like that. So, but I know that there's multiple ways yep. that you yep. can serve. Yep. So yep. Um, good. Yep. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Sarah Savota today. Who is <laughs> Sarah Savota today? If you're going to try to give your elevator speech in terms of who you are right now, mm. how would you describe yourself? I am first and foremost, uh, I love the Lord so mm-hmm. much. God is my number one. Amen. Um, I'm in a transitional stage. This is a big transitional stage of life. I um, am dating for the first time. I'm getting ready to go do my last contract. Um, and feel for the first time in my life saying that is, I feel okay with that. Yeah. I think what's uh, a little discomforting. I shouldn't even say that because I feel okay right now. I, you know, ask me closer to the end of my contract, how I feel about this, Mm -hmm. but I don't really know. Um, I've been questioning a lot of God, what is my purpose? What Mm -hmm. do you, what, what is my purpose? And maybe I'm not supposed to know right now because he wants me to focus on this contract and he's going to use me in whatever ways. And maybe I'm supposed to also focus on the relationship with Derek and the having this time building the house, you know, I'm, I'm learning and stuff. And I know there's other purposes he has for me right now. I just feel like what is my calling specifically in a career path? What is my, what is my calling? What am I good at? Yeah. Right. Um, what do you think? <laughs> Love to tell you, Rob. <laughs> um, I, I'm good with people. That's yeah. all I know. Well, that's that's I a mean, great gift. That's if I could time. get paid yeah. to sit and have coffee with people yeah. and hear their stories, <laughs> sign me up. I want that job. I want that job so bad. Well, maybe <laughs> but, it's out there in some, some farmer fashion. You never know. Yeah. So, uh, so I feel who I am right now is I love the Lord. I love life. I'm happy. I'm thankful. Um, I live with a lot of hope and excitement. Um, Not that this season isn't hard at all. Mm -hmm. Every season has a hard part to it. But I think it's just a lot of, um, in this present moment, it's transitions. Transitions is where I'm at. And they're good. They're positive. Mm -hmm. They're not 
bad and change is something that thankfully because of my career I do well with um, I can accept them and I adapt pretty easily mm-hmm. um, but I guess I feel like that's just the best way to describe where yeah. I'm at right now and who I am I mean because I don't know sure. I'm like who am I right um, so me. let's <laughs> talk about your career you have yeah. been a performer for how many years my first professional contract was 2007. Okay. Yeah. So was that 11? Nope. Seven. 2007. I can't do math right now. So 21. You, don't, you definitely don't want to be a mathematician, <laughs> <No>. right? <laughs> I don't do math. <laughs> so that's off. Good. Let's, let's knock off all the things I can't do. That's right, yeah. Math. That's it. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah. did you always want to be a performer? Like, uh, what's your story? How'd you get into performing? So I was playing with my neighbor. I was, gosh, I think I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And I was hanging out with my neighbor in the summer. And we were flying kites and just hanging out. And she was like, her mom called her in um, and said, Leah, we have to go to dance. And I was like, you're going to, what is that? What are you going to do? And she's like, I have pom-pom class. And I'm like, oh, can I come watch you? Yeah. She's like, yeah. yeah. And it was pom-pom class, yeah. which is yep. not really it's start, dancing. Right? It's a start. But I, I think what I enjoyed the most was seeing a group together having fun and learning something. And I left there, and I remember going home. And I think my mom had like just gotten out of the shower and I sat at the bathroom door <laughs> tapping on it. Like, you know, those like videos where you see these moms, I like I went into the bathroom to get away from my child and here I am, I'm tapping on the right. door going, mom, can I go to dance class? And she's like, what? And, and at Christmas that year, I got these, uh, as ornament of, ballet slippers Um, and in the card said you start classes in january yeah and i started with a little ballet class i was 10 i was with the five-year-olds because i didn't right you know i had to start for the basics gotta start somewhere yeah and uh i i just i loved it i loved being with others and learning all at the same time um seeing different skill levels i mean there's so many things that come with dancing and performing it's not just like count and have a gift that you can kick your leg and turn or whatever there's so many elements to it um some math you have to count so (laughs) 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 so uh yeah i just then i got more involved and more involved um at the beginning of high school i think I I'm very stubborn and I used to like to argue with my parents. So mm-hmm. I always thought I'd be a good lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then I took sociology class and I was like, I want to learn more about people. I want to be with people. I want to learn their societies and their cultures and people. I want to mm-hmm. do that. And so I was like, I think maybe I want to get into psychology. So I think sophomore year, I was like, I'm going to be a psychologist. I'm going to go to a big university. I'm going to be a psychologist, and I'll have my own practice, and then I'll get married, and then blah. Right. 
And my junior year of high school, my studio closed down, my dance studio closed Mm. down. And so I didn't dance that year. And Mm. I was like, I did dance and drill for high school, but it was very different. Um, I spent five days a week at the dance studio. Um, So I missed that. And I was like. So how'd that impact you? When you're the dance studio closed. Ooh, it was hard. Did you think you were going to give up dancing or was it just a matter of trying to find another studio? It was finding another studio. Mm -hmm. And what was weird is I knew the the other studios nearby. And to be quite honest, I had a hard time feeling like any of them... we, we had a small studio, so mm-hmm. we felt like we became family. Yeah, sure. Truly, we yep. became family. So you're like, how do I replace family? Right. So that was a big thing. You'd walk into a, a studio to take class, and you had seen them at competitions or other dance things, and you just felt, you actually kind of felt like an outsider. So it was hard. Yeah. It was hard to feel. So is that a, a clickish type uh, once you? Yes develop like a certain group of friends and it's hard to get in with another group absolutely okay and you know there are you know they're family too so it's probably Mm -hmm. hard for them i was teenager too a lot of teenagers don't really they're they're not just not that open to being like teen years are challenging years absolutely absolutely um so i i kept going to different studios Mm -hmm. and i take a class and then i'd feel like i I don't want to go do that yeah. again. I felt so yeah. like pushed off to the side. So yeah. I'd wait then a couple months and then I'd be like, I miss this so much. Um, so missing it so much made me feel like, well, I don't want to ever miss this again. I want to do this. Uh, so I started looking into dance schools and I remember the pushback I got. I never got it from my mom and dad, not once, but Everyone else, family and friends, what are mm. you going to do with your life as a dancer? And, and how'd you respond? Well, the stubborn personality yep. of me is, well, now you've challenged me, so I'm going to make something of it. I had no, I was so naive. I had no idea what was needed, how you needed to. I didn't even know what you could do as a performer. I didn't know enough. Did you have any sort of mentor, anybody who had been like a, a real-life performer during that season of life that could kind of groom you and bring you along, give you an idea of what to expect? Yeah, so my ballet teacher, she was my ballet teacher the last year mm-hmm. at our studio. She had been a professional ballerina. Hmm. I didn't know if I really wanted that life, yeah. you know, to be in a ballet company. Um and, but, I mean, she she had loved her career, but she was also really young when she stopped. So it was like, I just I honestly didn't know enough. I also think I was a little afraid because I didn't know enough, but I was like, well, everybody's making me feel like I can't do this, but I'm going to do it <laughs> kind of thing. So I didn't. It was until my senior year um, I applied to NYU. Hmm. And I had to do the audition. Mm-hmm. I went, we drove to Chicago and I did that audition and I got cut after the, I think it was like the second or third round of that day. You had to go through different things. Mm-hmm. And I remember being cut like, whoa, 
okay, that's what it feels like to be fully rejected and mm-hmm. get your no, like it is in the real world. And my was that your co- first exposure to being rejected like that? Yeah, I mean, in that scenario where yeah. it was like this is part of my future, right? Rejection. Right. So how did you happen. deal with it? Um, it was hard. I re- plus it was a long drive home from Chicago. So what you had to think about was it. It was not necessarily the rejection on my heart uh-huh. as much as I felt. How do I explain this to everyone else that believed in me? I mm-hmm. feel like I failed them. Mm, good point. Yeah. So how did you handle that? Um, with a lot of emotions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it took it took a little bit of time, but you know, I was think... there anybody that still believed in you in the yes. midst of all that? Okay. Yes. Um, one one friend in particular, my friend Jessica. Okay. We've known each other since fifth grade, yep. and she's probably been truly my biggest fan. Yep. In life, Big, in general. Advocate, biggest cheerleader, yeah, biggest champion. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yep. And, um, Everybody needs a Jessica in their life. Yeah, absolutely. I still have her note. She made this, every two lines was a different color. Mm-hmm. This really encouraging note mm-hmm. when I got back from that yeah. audition. I still have it because I'm like, that was probably one of the best things. That is neat. Yeah. yeah. So, um... Anyways, um, my dance and drill coach, I think she believed, she saw my passion for it and believed in me enough that she reached out to a few performers that mm-hmm. had been on dance and drill that were now, one in particular was a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And she just happened to be coming in town and s- sat down with me and she's like, there's so many schools other than NYU. And she went through the schools and it just kind of opened up it was like a is yeah. God sending yeah. me someone to yeah. show me there's other Opened doors. Your eyes. Yeah. yeah. Good. And then it just went from there. And college and studying abroad, which was great. So where did you actually end up going to college? Did you get your degree in dance? Mm-hmm. It's a Bachelor of Arts um, in dance. And uh, I went to Point Park University in Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, I had a goal to be done in three years total Uh and i was going to use my fourth year to get my yoga and pilates certification so i did what i had to do for five semesters at point park in pittsburgh spent my last semester in paris Mm. um, which was probably some of the best training Mm. i had i got there in january and left at the end of may and how old were you when you were in paris i turned 21 when i was in paris 21 and in paris wow so what was that like um, I was in midterms on my birthday, uh-huh. writing like 10 page papers. I remember someone in the computer room in our dorms passed me and was like, isn't it your birthday today? What are you doing? And I'm like, we're in midterms. What do you expect me to be doing? So, um, so is Paris truly the city of romance that they make it out to be? It's amazing. Yeah. It's, oh, it's awesome. And I also think that be. People go there with that feeling already. Mm-hmm. You know, right. they've already captured that in their mind that yep. that's what it's going to be. So they make it even more. But mm-hmm. oh yeah, you can fall in love with that city because yep. it has just so much. So, um, did you get to do some of the traditional sightseeing type things? Yeah, like the yeah, Eiffel, Eiffel Tower. Tower and all that type of I went stuff. along yeah. the Seine um, in a little boat, a ferry boat. Yeah. 
And I traveled, for the first time I traveled throughout Europe. So I went to Italy for nine days. I went to Amsterdam. I went to England. I went to Belgium. I feel like there was another place. There was like five or six. Oh, Spain. Mm -hmm. So that was my first real taste of traveling. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and this is all when you were 21? Yeah. Wow, yeah. not bad. Yeah, not I bad got there when I was 20 and then I got, yeah, yeah. so... Um, yeah, and then I just, and then you meet people along the way that have done this, who've professionally been there and have done that and are now teaching you. And they're like, these are the avenues you need to take. And so my mind was open to all the things you could do as a performer. And I kind of made this, subconsciously I made this like bucket list. These are the things I want to do. I yeah. want to do a tour. I want to do a musical. I want to you know, just little things, cruise ships, what theme parks, all these things. So So have you been able to hit everything on that bucket list? God has blessed me with yeah. every single yeah. one of them. Every single... This summer will be the last check mm -hmm. of what I wanted to do, which was performing an aerial piece mm -hmm. in a standing show. I've done aerial in like one or two shows, but this is going to be a standing like three-month show. So... Um, I never, I never had Broadway on that, mm. on that list. Um, so that's good. Cause I never hit that, yeah. <laughs> but I yeah. never had it on my list. So, um, um so what's yeah. been, uh, over the past 14 years, if you're going to list the top couple of bucket list items that you're able to check off, what would those be and why? So in regards to like performing, just, yeah. okay. Um, and in regards to just life in general. Yeah. So the travel has been truly the best thing. Honestly, I've seen God's beautiful canvas creation. Yep. and creation all over. Yep. You know, I just... You've been up in Alaska before, right? So you've seen that yeah, creation up there. Yeah. So I've been Alaska, Canada... Uh, Central America, Caribbean, um, yeah. Europe, all yeah. over Europe, Africa, the islands in the Indian Ocean, India, I'm, I mean, all over, New Zealand, wow. Australia. Um, so places I feel like you only sometimes read about. I, I, I love National Geographic too. So seeing some of these places in, in real life right. is like... But I've experienced a lot of how other people live, the culture, um, you know, fishing villages in China and these kids go to private schools, but then they come home and there's 20 homes mm -hmm. in these fishing villages and none of them are like separate individual homes. You literally go through three people's homes to get to this house hmm. on the middle of this floating village. Wow. And all the kids, you're you're on a, like, I'd say gondola, small boat, whatever you want to call it. Everybody's was different. And that's how they get to and from school. You know, it's just, it's so cool. And how loving they are to having visitors mm -hmm. in their home yeah. and serving us. I'm like, oh my gosh. So what culture do you think was the most accepting and loving of the different cultures that you been exposed to and how would you contrast that like with your typical audience here in the United States 
So what I've learned is we are a very impatient, pretty impersonal, uh, impatient mainly. Yeah. Impatient, impersonal country. I, f- I just feel like that's who we are. And I feel like you see that more um, as you travel. Yeah. I feel... When I went to Asian cultures are pretty closed off, but there, there's, there's so much knowledge. And then you go to, you go to Australia, New Zealand, they call the Aussies and the Kiwis. They are the most loving, laid back, Mm. welcome anyone. We don't care who you are, where you've been, what you've done. And you're like, cool. Alaska and can they're very nature oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, Europe is just, you know, everywhere's a little different, but I love, I love that Europe, a lot of them do the siestas. So in the middle of the day, they just all <laughs> close down their shops and they're like, I'm going to go nap. You just, whatever. And you're like, that's great. That's yep. a good mentality. Um, so oh, I feel like there's there's unique um, characteristics about all the people, all the cultures, yeah, yeah, that I've been. I mean, one's got a little bit more yeah. of this and a little less of this, and um, I've I've had truly I've had really good experiences. I before I went to France, people told me they're mean and. They are so rude to Americans. I never once. I had more people be so um, just patient with me because I was, I didn't know French before Mm -hmm. I went and I try so hard and they could tell it and they're like, oh, you're from the States. Let's, you know, are you, do you need help? Are you trying to find something? What can I help? And you're like, this is cool. Yeah. So did you ever feel scared or frightened? are insecure being a single woman traveling the, the world the way you did? Uh, actually, no. And I don't know if that is not, I don't know if that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I knew enough. I think I knew enough from traveling and growing up with parents that were pretty, I mean, decently protective and very disciplined with us. You kind of, it's like I feel like I had a good sense of if I wasn't in a good situation, mm-hmm. get yeah. out of that. Or like even at the start of it, be like, well, don't step further into this situation. Um, but no, I've never. Yeah. I never. I mean, I when I was in Paris, I remember leaving for I went to Amsterdam and then I went to Spain and I was gone for a total of I think it was like. 12 days and I remember calling my family afterwards and they're like how have you been and I was like well I just was in Barcelona staying with three artists that were students for nine days and sorry in Italy and then we were here and then we were there oh in two weeks ago we were here and they were like what yeah right. oh my gosh they're like you need to stop telling us you're doing these things yeah. um I think I just, I had such an open heart and open mind seeking. I was like, 
I was in awe of learning. So I think that got the better of me. And I just, yeah, I paid attention to my surroundings. I did, but I was never scared. Yeah. I never had yeah. a moment where I was like, ooh. So that's the cultures that you were exposed to. How about the um, performing and entertaining culture itself? What's that like, um, especially as a Christ follower? Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like um, for a lot of the people that you perform with Christ followers or not? And if not, um, what was that connection? What was that relationship like? So they, a lot were not. Mm-hmm. Um the respect that they had for me. I So I have this little um, crocheted, I was called, it's a prayer in your pocket. My grandma mm-hmm. gave it to me. A bill. It's gone on every contract, mm-hmm. every contract with me. And I take it out on stage before the curtain goes up and I pray for our cast. I pray mm-hmm. for the health and safety. Mm-hmm. And I pray... One thing as a Christ follower, for that, praying for my cast has been a huge thing. Yeah. And... I think and there's do they been, know that you're doing that? Part? Yes. Okay. And I think that's what's cool is there's been sometimes they'll come up and it's dark and they'll come up and tap me and they're like, oh, you're praying for us. Like, and then they'll walk away <sighs> and I'll stop and I'm like, no, do you need something now? Is it? And they're like, oh, no, keep doing that. And I think what's interesting to me is I feel like a lot of those individuals that were not Christ followers, um, felt comfortable with me and I think it's because I never um I never preached the to them I felt like you've maybe never some of some of them didn't have good family I I saw Mm -hmm. that a lot a lot and like maybe you never had the love that I was I was given grown up and maybe you don't know how amazing God's love is so the best way I can do that is come alongside you, be there for you, encourage you as a, as a peer, mm-hmm. as another individual on the stage that has such beautiful talents to share and that I can learn from. And I think that I always had these really good relationships. And some would ask me about my faith and I, you know, then I would open it up more. I was never shy of sharing that I was a Christ follower and that faith was important to me. I just never preached it and mm-hmm. pushed it. Um, Have you ever had anybody either directly with you come to Christ or that you heard about after the fact who maybe you had planted a seed and uh, later on in life they ended up accepting Jesus? Yes, a few of them. Yeah. And some, I still talk to you, you know, they'll reach out and I'll encourage them and I've asked some, you know, when I'm on land and on contracts and I can get to church, I'll ask the cast, you know, if you, if anybody wants to go, I'll look for outreach opportunity. Anybody want to serve? No. And sometimes people will go. Yeah. And, um, when I'm doing like a, especially around the holidays, when I'm doing an outreach for, um, oh my gosh, what is the organization? I cannot think of the organization right now, but, um, you put together the boxes at Christmas and I asked the cast and it it was crazy because everyone knew it was a Christian organization. I gave them the information. This is what it's for. If anybody wants to donate, everyone, 
every single person would donate. And I'm like, you have no idea the impact. And I would express to them afterwards. I'm like, praise God, guys, we came alongside. We were helped yeah. other these other people. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it only happened for them for like a month. Maybe they only, you know, thought right. about it or exposed themselves to it. But I have a couple that have continued to, you know, they'll ask me for prayers or, um, yeah, just little things like that. And it's like, that's enough to, to do something. And as far as being a performer on stage, what my hope and goal was, um, and what I prayed for after my cast was, I always felt like you had an audience of anywhere from 30 people to I've been in front of 2000. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, out of all of these people, someone, someone is going through something rough. So if this show brings them however long we were on stage, Mm -hmm. 30 minutes, two hours, if, if this impacts their life for just this time to bring them joy, I pray my smile and your light shines through on this stage however that looks and i i know that i feel like that sounds weird like oh dancing on stage can bring joy to but sometimes entertainment brings you out it 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 helps you just disconnect from everything that was going on and you step into that audience and the lights come on and the the dancers are performing and you're in awe and you're like whoa i mean i'm in awe when i watch performances And I'm like, this is so cool. And I've forgotten about everything that's gone on that might be bad. And then I get out of that auditorium and it's like, you you like on this like high for 30 minutes, like, whoa, this is so cool. And then reality <laughs> kind of steps in. You're like, oh, I got to get this done and that and blah, blah, blah. So that was always my goal. You know, if you could bring joy to even one person. And so my... I get nervous knowing people are in the audience that I, I know, but my biggest thing is the minute that curtain goes up, I try to connect with as many people yeah. as I can. That's I make good. eye contact. I want them, yeah. I see you. I see you're being entertained. Even the the people that sit in the front row and fall asleep, yeah. you're yeah. like, this is good. It is good. <laughs> yeah. so. Um, so you're getting ready for your last performance. Mm. What are you thinking about that? I honestly, I don't think it's really hit yet. And I say it more mm-hmm. just so I'm like, that's a reality, Sarah. Like, make sure it's in there. <laughs> um, there's some peace about it. Um, there's some peace because I'm excited for what's next, whatever that looks like. Because I know there's more to me than being a performer. I just don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, go back to the beginning. I don't really know what that is yet. But I know there's more in store. God always has more in store for us. Yep. Amen. So, yeah, I'm so I'm excited to see that and what unfold, like what unfolds and what path he has me on. And I, I continue to pray, um, you know, if it's through people, if it's just this random thing that pops up and I'm like, oh, that sounds like I want to do that. I don't know. Um, I continue to pray to not, just not miss it. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the more that's currently going 
in your life. You're actually building your own home right now, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, you want to share a little bit about that? Literally, you're actually helping to build it. Yes, yeah. Um, a tiny house on wheels. Uh-huh. Um, How many square feet? So I think in total, it's like just under 300. It's 28 okay. feet long and uh, sits eight and a half feet wide. Okay. Um, so some thought processes around that was... Basically, I wanted to own something that was mine. Mm -hmm. Basically, my whole life, I have shared everything with it. I've always had a roommate. I've lived with multiple people. um, And I've also lived out of just a suitcase. So you also learn from traveling so much, you don't really need that much in life. Um, Plus, my parents are flight hoarders. So it's hard to live with them. So... Um, and they know I, I get anxiety with it. I get anxiety because I'm like, they'll find something and be like, I never knew this was here. And I'm like, that's a problem. (laughs) So I think it came from, um, the reality that, uh, I also don't, I never made a lot of money as a performer. It is truly when they say starving artist is truly out of an act of like love and passion for something. Mm -hmm. Um, so I knew, well, I would never be approved for probably a normal house. So, okay, great. I don't have enough to fill it anyways, nor do I want to buy things to fill that up. (laughs) So I started learning about them. Gosh, well, this is now four years ago was the first time I was like learning about it. And I'm like, I turned to my dad and I was like, we can do that. He's like, what? And I'm like, you and I, we can do this. And he's like, (laughs) I also know you well enough to know that when you put something in your mind, we are going to do it. So I guess we're going to do this. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it. And then I just started researching. And the next thing I know, I was like, I'm meeting, there's builders in St. Peter's. I'm like, we're going to go meet with them. And he's like, oh my gosh. And then I'm like, I found the the trailer I need, the custom trailer. I'm going to go order that. And he's like, oh my gosh. So, um... But, I mean, yeah. you're learning about the electric, everything, the plumbing, yes. uh, the yeah, the whole how to do um, drywall, is hanging the insulation, the siding, and you're actually out there yourself physically doing physically it. doing it. Yeah. Frame and framed it. I learned how to you know build the headers for every window, mm-hmm. and I build those. Yeah. Um, the electric drilled all the holes to run the wire. I know how to. Um, basically put your plugs and your light switch in and attach your ground wire and your black and your white. Um, I've put in the insulation in the ceiling by myself. Um, I'm going to start the insulation on the inside walls. I'm putting up the siding. Um, We're like three quarters of the way done with the siding. It's been a lot. Uh, Everything that I thought would take like X amount of time or, oh, this is going to go fast. This looks easy. It's taken like triple the amount of time. Yes. Um, Totally understand. So yeah, Yeah. I'm learning it. I've learned so much. There has definitely blood, sweat and tears into Mm -hmm. this (laughs) project. Um, But I also, uh, I'm I'm a visual person and what I visualize for this property is very peaceful and so my hope with it is not only there was a couple a couple reasons for building it. Um, 
It's on a 180-acre family property. Nice. My parents will be there. My aunt and uncle, in two sets of my aunt and uncle. There's six grandkids. Nobody else wants the property. No, nobody really goes down there. I've been going down there on the weekends, almost every weekend that I'm here um, since I was a kid. Wow. So I wanted a place that I stayed so that if they're all getting older, my parents are the youngest and they're 67 and they're getting older. And I was like, when they're, then they can't drive and they need to get to Washington to the doctor they need to get to Jefferson. Who's going to take them? I want to be there. I want to be able to take them and be there if they can't get to the grocery store or whatever. So that was one thought behind it. The other thought was, you know, because I've had people ask me, what if you meet someone and they don't want to live in there? I'm like, well, I also feel like we can have this place in the country. We, it's sure. been, pa- it's, right. it's being paid for. The hope is not to have a loan on it. Yep. So I'm trying to pay out of pocket as much as I can. Um, and also the beauty of it is if, you were to call and you wanted a weekend just in the middle. You wanted to shut off your phone. You wanted to be out in the middle of the woods. Go. I want go stay no. there. No. I want the home is open. I want you to I want you to walk in and feel at peace and comfort and just relaxed. Yeah. And so I was like, there's more to it than just me building a house for me. It's all the biggest part of it is honestly the biggest joy from it is the time I'm having with my yeah. father. Yeah. More That's than anything. Neat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been a gift. Yeah. Just a blessing. So another thing about the now is a dating relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's, I know just from having talked, it's something that you've been trusting, waiting on God, waiting on God, <laughs> waiting on God. Um, waiting. Right. And you now, waiting. <laughs> right. You're finally in that dating relationship. Yeah. And um, when you were originally like a young girl growing up, it's how did you envision your life turning out, getting married and everything, comparing and contrasting that with kind of like the reality of where you're at now? And how did the whole, do you feel like the the uh, career as a performer, entertainment, did that shape or influence your delay the fact that you know you had to wait until you're in your latter 30s before you're in a dating relationship sure so um i feel like there's some different layers to each of that so growing up i was catholic but Mm -hmm. never really had a relationship with the lord Mm -hmm. i didn't want to go to church Mm -hmm. i didn't really you know um so i didn't really seek god until closer to after college. So during, when I was younger, I, especially in high school, you kind of just sort of date or whatever. Um, and I, I did, and I wasn't, I wasn't seeking, I didn't have any values set in what I wanted for a husband. I didn't know. I mean, in your high school days, you're kind of young, even in I feel like now I'm still learning, but I feel like as I got older, it was like, well, there's some things that I feel like are really important. I mean, as teenage girls, 
higher teenage girls to like college, older teenage girls, I mean, to college, you make those like silly, well, I want him to have a good job <laughs> and he needs to be good looking and he has a nice car and we travel and he takes me to, you know, Fiji, whatever. So you mean that isn't important now? No. As you go, okay. <laughs> you, but you think, sister. Yeah. You think of things like that. And then yeah. as you get older and you experience life and really the things that are on my list now that I have a, a strong faith that continues to grow was my first thing was a man that loves the Lord, loves Amen. the Lord Good first. Good and when you're traveling a lot on contracts, you can meet people you might be interested in. But the reality of that is, is, you, you realize, okay, I'm still traveling. You're still traveling. Doing life apart is really difficult sure. when you're yeah. really trying to focus. Because I knew that I wasn't going to just date you just for fun. Yeah. Um, so why I, not? Why did you choose to make that decision not to date just for fun? Because I knew that came out of loneliness yeah. and uh, emotions that weren't really there and I didn't, I didn't want to be swayed that yeah. way. Good. Good for you. Um, and I was still, I was like, I, I'm focused on my career. So that was a huge thing to me too. Yeah. Um, as much as I wanted to do life and a relationship with someone, again, the reality of that was I'd be gone for 10 months, home for two, yeah. then gone for three, then home for six. It was constant. Right. And um, I think... What came with that was this isn't a career that I'm going to do until I retire at like normal, what is it, 65, mm -hmm. 60, whatever. Um, this is something that's going to be so much. I didn't think, I still didn't think I'd be dancing this long. When do most performers, do you think, kind of like age out, your average performer? Yeah, so I've been with performers in their early 40s. Yeah. I've been with performers that stop in their mid twenties. I think it's yeah. where your life is. And, um, I've had friends that have been married. Um, but once they start getting to the, I, I want a kid, that's yeah. when you kind of start gotcha. to. Okay. So I've had some that wait until they're forties. Yeah. And then I've had some that meet someone at 25 and they're like, I want to do yeah. this. I want to, um, so when did you originally think you were going to get married? 25. 25, okay. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to graduate 25, probably have kids by 28. Yep. And I'm 10 years later, and I'm like, okay. Yep. <laughs> but my life, God continued to open doors that was like a contract. Yep. Meeting more people, learning. I, Derek and I have talked about this. Mm -hmm. If we had met 10 years ago, would we have liked each other? No. Isn't that a great observation? No, yeah. we would not. Isn't that a great observation? And the mm. biggest thing that we observed was what God has done on our hearts. Yeah, amen. That's beautiful. Yep. So that, I think, it's, it is a good reminder moving forward. It's going to be hard in other areas of my life, but it's a good reminder yep. that God's timing truly is perfect. Yeah. So when Scripture says, wait on the Lord, I mean, you're living proof of it right now. Yeah. So being patiently waiting on God, God's timing. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of waiting. You, you, I've waited for contracts to come yeah. true. I've waited for 
a relationship. I've waited. This house has been now a four-year thing. Yep. So it's been, there's a lot of waiting. But, um, you know, this weekend, the best quote I heard that Greg said, and I don't, he didn't, I don't think he said who it was by. Um, and forgive me if I mess it up, but it was something along the lines that what God does while you're waiting right. yes. may be more important than what you're waiting for. Yeah, and right. that Amen. was like, yep. My Light mouth dropped yeah. in service, and I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> like, "Whoa!" I, "Whoa!" I needed that like every day of my yeah. life for the past twenty yeah. years. Yeah. But it was beautiful because I'm like, "I'm this is right now that spoke to me the most yeah. to hear that." Yeah. So, um, yeah. So a lot of different things with that. I think that has come with faith. Um, I has come with God using me on my contracts and also who he needed Derek and I to be, to meet each other. Um, it's cool. So, yeah. Um, so are you in love and what's the difference between being in love versus loving the way, um, first Corinthians Chapter 13, verses 4 through, what is it, 8 here? And I'm going to go ahead and read it real quick. Yeah. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. That's like his anger for me. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'd love to be able to not keep any records mm -hmm. of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects always trust, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Uh, I am absolutely for sure in love. Um, I can't hey, wait to say good. I do to that man. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm yeah. excited for life with him. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of some of the peace in uh, the this being my last contract and the time away. Um, uh, we're learning a lot of that. We are learning we are very independent and stubborn, very stubborn individuals. Uh, yep. So our I'm sorry's haven't been a lot, but they've yeah. been heavy, deeply rooted ones that we know yeah. Good. we needed to go to God first. And they've been li literally um, just small things that are something personally that we're like, God is still working on us yep. on that area. And it comes from a, a place of the, the selfishness mm -hmm. and the stubbornness. Yep. Um, <clears throat> one of the best things we have is our love for the Lord. We ask him to be first and foremost. Awesome. We love him first. Good. Um, we've also paid a lot of attention and we're growing with communication is a huge thing. I think yeah. it's one of the best things we have. Second best. Yeah. I think our, our truly our love for the Lord. We pray together. Yeah. We seek him together. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then we want to we want to do this relationship 
the way that God asks you to. And that's what we're focusing on. We want to, we want to follow the way God's word mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, so we have been, and we see such beautiful gifts out of that in yeah. learning um, about each other. Also, we recognize, we hear each other really well. We listen to one another and we understand that our lives were very different growing up. And um, how much that can also impact a relationship if you don't open up and communicate and if you don't recognize that in whatever situation, stepping back before you speak and saying, okay, I had that upbringing and that these were the things that changed for me or these were the things that were not given to me. How would I respond in that? And then you understand this is this is part of the reason. So I think that's um, been a huge thing for us. Also, uh, our dating paths have, are very different. Um, so I think love helps. I don't, I don't think it like blinds you to it but i think it just allows you to be like i don't i don't care about your past covers a multitude of sins absolutely and i think that's that's a big thing for me that shows me that this is love is he's told me his past and it's been hard that it's not an excuse on how parents were involved in that Mm -hmm. but it can also, you can understand how certain things have sure. snowballed into yep. other things. Yep. And I think it was hard at him, hard on him anytime he had opened up about his past. And I remind it in those moments, what I felt was love him like God loves us. That's it. Amen, That's all sister. I ever felt. Yep. Amen. And so to him, I was like, I hear you. And it's like, it's, it's hard, but this isn't hurt yeah. my heart. What... What's the most important is the man you are today and who you are with me. And yeah. that's yeah. that's all that matters. So we're learning, especially the, the patience with each other, the breaking down the stubborn. And those are things that are just personal things we need to seek God more on. It has nothing to do with the other person. It truly doesn't. Yeah. It ends up being ourself and we're like, oh my gosh, that was taken completely you know but it's it's a beautiful thing that we 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 bring it to the table we communicate it yeah and we end up laughing a lot and joking about it and then being like okay but we we'll talk through that and then we joke about it some more and then it's like okay that's good that's we know we recognize so yeah so can you stay in love forever i fully believe yes so do I. Yes, I do. I think why can't it be good? Yeah. I think it's going to take work, but I also believe that God designed it for a reason. Yeah. And that in the hard times, that's what's going to help us grow more in love. If God can passionately, unconditionally, every day of our life, love us outrageously, mm-hmm. then we've been designed in the image of that same God, and we have the potential to love that way too. Yeah, absolutely. So, in the last minute here, if you had any type of words of wisdom, encouragement, advice for somebody who's either in your current season of life or is thinking about going into the performing profession and mm. delaying, you know, getting involved in a relationship until they meet the, the right person, 
what would that advice be? So with the right person, they will encourage you to pursue your passions. The back end of that is how much you trust each other in your relationship. Because if you're the one traveling, you're going to be busy. You're going to have rehearsals and shows and things that come up. You're going to be with a cast. They're going to become your family. You're going to be not near a phone or out of cell reception, whatever it is. And the other person might be where you guys met and they have the memories of all the places you went and things that they want to recognize. So that I think it takes a lot of trust and a lot of communication, but I know it absolutely can work. Not only just for myself, but I've seen it over the years. I've seen married couples do this beautifully. Good. Um, And it's a lot of, a lot of communication and trust. Um, Also, the love, um, don't settle. I think God placed that on my heart and I uh, battled with it. I think I tested it. I, I would be like, well, and I make excuses. And then when you have what God wants you to have, yeah. you're like, thank you, Lord, for yeah. shutting all the doors of every other person <laughs> right. I met. Yes. And it's, I mean, I have, I have a lot of faults. There was a lot of times that it was just the, the loneliness. Yeah. And yeah, it, sure. I can be surrounded by a ton of people, but you could still feel lonely. Right. So I just... I think, no, I know God helped me with that. Every time that I felt, you know, it's it's the Bible verse, when you feel weak, he's, I mean, he's mm-hmm. your strength. Right. And it yep. truly was that. And um, I learned a lot in the, the faults of trying to make excuses for anyone else I've met. But now having, my relationship with Derek is, Definitely different than what I thought it would be, though, too. I I definitely think who I thought I'd end up with is not (laughs) who he is. But I I do mean that in such a a I mean that in such a good way because it's like he's even better (laughs) than what I thought. It still looks different, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So just be patient because God is so good and. Preach it, sister. Yeah. 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 That's it. I want to be respectful of your time. Yeah. I'm uh, excited for our, your and Derek's future, for your future. Uh, I appreciate you and love you as a friend. I appreciate you taking time out to uh, sit with me and do this. And uh, maybe a few years down the road, you're married and have two or three, four, five, six <laughs> kids. We can get together again and find out how life is. Woo! Is that good? <laughs> yes, that sounds great. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Uh,